that house that prays together? Amen. Like glue. Hallelujah. Well, in keeping with one of the few traditions that we have, I got called pretty today. Well, actually, the full statement was, you're pretty annoying, but I only focus on positive things. Question, if my psychiatrist tells me that there is nothing more that he can do for me, that means I'm cured, right? <laughs> and uh, I really love this last one. Uh, it's a little girl, little boy, and uh, they're pictured in a little cartoon image when she's at the bottom and he's at the top or vice versa, whichever. And the one at the bottom is asking the one at the top, you don't know your middle name? Don't your parents ever get mad at you? <laughs> Dan Edward. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's pretty good, I thought. Yeah. And God's going to give us a new name written on a rock. <laughs> uh, praise God. I don't have enough faith to be an atheist, kicked off last week. We're in part two this week. I uh, really want to recommend everybody to come, come out and join us. 6.45 for snacks, 7 o'clock, the meeting starts promptly. We do one song, we do the DVD by Frank Turek, and then we have a Q&A and have some uh, thoughts in the, the workbook that we go along with. Really, really, really good stuff. Stay with it. It's a little thick at first, but it rolls along pretty fast now that we're, we're going, so... Uh, be sure and take advantage of that. We do meet in this room here, so you got the three screens, and uh, really will give you an opportunity to be able to learn a lot and also learn what you can share with other people when they ask you a question about the Bible or about the Lord or something. You don't get and go, well, uh, 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 actually, uh, I, 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 uh, anybody ever been there? Okay, three of us. Okay. The rest of you know everything. Okay. <laughs> Praise God. No, it's really, really awesome. And we enjoy uh, doing that this summer on Wednesday nights. 6.45 for snacks and 7 o'clock for the message. For though we walk in the flesh, for though we walk in the flesh... Let's, let's try again, all together. This was your verse for last week. For though we walk in the flesh, we war not after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Praise God. And for you older people like me, have to kind of get your King James a little changed a little bit there so we can actually talk to people these days. But uh, we're going to be using the NIV on that. And today, your cards are back there. Pick up one with you, and it's actually a continuation of the next couple of verses. The idea with the Scripture cards is that you take them, put them in your purse, your pocket, and every day through the week, you pull that out, look at it, you read it, you say it out loud, and then you put it back in two, three, four, five times a day, and by the end of the several, several, after several days, 
you should be able to know it to memory. And then next week you pick up a card and you do the same thing, but you keep the old one to make sure that you repeat the older verse. So we'll kind of do this on a monthly basis and then you, by then you should know four verses and then we go to the next month and we'll do something else there. But this is the way I learned scripture. And because, you know, if you just look at the Bible and you go, oh my gosh, how am I going to memorize all that? You don't have to memorize it all. You can leave the maps out of it, okay? Don't have to do that. But what we need to do is we need to get Scripture in us. It needs to be engrafted in us. And this is an easy way to do it. It takes time. One verse at the end of the year equals 52 verses. We go by by the week, not by the year. But you're welcome to do it daily. No problem. Hallelujah. I, I have a pastor friend of mine that he has a men's group, and they meet pretty often, and he makes them memorize 100 scriptures a year. And uh, after you've been around him for a while, oh, Brother Ivan Tate, how you doing, brother? Oh, bless you. I believe, yes, Oh, the, the scripture this week is 2 Corinthians 10.5. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience and being ready to punish all disobedience once your obedience is fulfilled. And that's one a lot of times it's left off that last verse. We are supposed to punish disobedience. That doesn't mean that I kick Pastor Kelly. That means that I kick myself, okay, and the powers of darkness that be, okay? So I repent. That gets done pretty fast, but it takes time. Don't forget it. I change my thinking. That's what repent means. And then guess what? I take it out on the devil, I don't know of a better way than to tell somebody about Jesus than to take it out on the devil. See, so I, that's, that's putting your, your foot on his neck. Amen? Amen? Amen. Praise God. Well, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that this day is special for us, special in your heart. We thank you, Lord, that uh, we're here today, and I thank you for opening up our eyes, our ears, our hearts for everything that you have for each individual and for us as a church. We thank you, Lord God, that uh, you have great plans. And we thank you, Lord, that we couple to those plans to bring forth the manifestation of everything you want and desire. And that's our beautiful journey that we have with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Praise God. Praise God. Well, we're going to talk today, is it my faith or his? And you'll find out what we're talking about in a few minutes. Um, many people today understand that faith is a blind act of the will regardless of the evidence. That's what a lot of people think it is. Now, we, we share a lot of times there's three kinds of people. There's a lost, then there's a saved unlearned, and then there's a saved learned. That doesn't mean the saved learned know everything but they're on the road to knowing everything, praise God. And uh, we'll finish it up in heaven, just to make sure that Jesus puts the, the cherry on the, on the top of the ice cream for us. But that's what it's all about in this life. And 
So many people have such a thin idea or vague idea, a clouded perspective of what faith is. It's all in the news. Well, you know, people of faith, organization of faith, how's your faith today? All those kind of things. How's your faith today? Isn't that a silly, silly question? Well, I'm walking on top of the world, praise God. And if I, if I am, that's fine. If I'm not, I'm still saying it because I call those things that be not as though they were. Abraham was my father in the faith, and I believe what God told him is what we ought to say with our tongue. The just shall live by faith. Some translations say the righteous shall live by faith. So let's take a few minutes this morning and see what that's all about. Um, I'm going to read from a little book in the Old Testament, uh, Habakkuk, or Habakkuk. H- how, do you, how do you want to call him? Let's just call him Habby, okay? Habby, prophet Habby, okay. Uh, he, he said that, the just shall live by faith, or the righteous shall live by faith, depending on the translation you're in. Romans 1.17 says that that's the one that uh, Martin Luther uh, took out of the Bible and hung on the door of the, the Catholic Church along with 94 other theses. Uh, the just shall live by faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, the just shall live by faith. Galatians 3, 11, the just shall live by faith. Hebrews 10, 38, the just shall live by faith. Or the righteous shall live by faith. Or the righteous shall walk in faithfulness. Those are all possible translations from that. Well, what does this mean that we should live by faith? There are other verses in the Bible, by the way, that confirm the same thing. The Bible's full of it. You can't read the book of Romans without reading faith every few words. You know, that's what it's about. It's something that we're supposed to be living by, not just something we're supposed to be asking people, how's your faith today? And when we look at a question that we make up in our mind after reading one particular verse, it goes, hold it now, just a minute. Galatians 2.20, and we sang that this morning, reading from King Jimmy for a change. I am crucified with Christ. This is a Christian speaking, Apostle Paul. Nevertheless, I live. Is that contradictory? (laughs) Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So I live by his faith. Okay. Let's read another translation. Let's read the New King Jimmy. Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So which is it? Is I live by by the faith of the Son of God or is I live by faith in him? Um, Is it my faith or is it his faith? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. We're going to look at about that a little bit deeper this morning and try to get some significance of it. I told Pastor Kelly this morning, I said, I'm not sure I ought to use my notes this morning. Uh, 
This subject is, is so much in my heart over the last weeks. And I know months, actually. I know that there's more in Jesus than what we see. There, there's so many times there's things that are given to us, you know, and, and we, we take it and we don't grow past it. We, we don't dig in any further. Well, that's just a very common verse in the Bible. That means it's very important. Yeah. If it's in the Bible a whole bunch of times, then you need to look at it a whole bunch of times. Well, okay, then, well, faith, I, I, I have faith. What is it? Whose is it? How'd you get it? Where's it going? We need to ask ourselves a few questions. Now, is it his or is it mine? And that's our title today. That's our question today. And we hope to bring this together by going out and gathering some, some Scripture verses and other things. Going through the Scriptures, we find numerous additions and clarifications concerning the ingredients that make up that sentence. And there are things like vision. One translation uses the word vision. In fact, that's, um, that's Uncle Habby. Um, the, the just shall live with the, he, he uh, puts it together with vision a little bit later in the, in the same book. If I don't have vision, I never will get faith. Actually, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And what is it the substance of things hoped for? So I've got to have hope, futuristic. And when it comes into fruition, that I know, that I know, that I know, that I know, then it's faith. And then when it's manifested, then it's been proven. Does that make sense? Hope, faith, manifestation. Okay. Um, he, he uses the connotation here in a lot of different translations. Is it the righteous versus the unrighteous acts of people? Is it faith or according to Galatians 5.20, is it faithfulness? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. There's nine words there. The seventh one's faith. Some translations say it's faithfulness. Huh. Faithfulness must mean full of faith. Okay? So faithfulness is faith-filled consistency. It's walking by the Spirit, which is synonymous with walking by the Word on a consistent basis. It's, it, it just talks about it's not sight. And sight can mean what we see here, or as some translations put it, appearance. Hmm. Now, does that mean what it appears to me to be, or does that mean how I'm looking? Well, you can take it either way. Don't, don't just take one and discount the other. Is it about me? Can you see Christ in me, the hope of glory? Can I see Christ in you, the hope of glory? That doesn't go by your normal smell, taste, feel, see, that kind of stuff. It's when you see it, but it's by the Spirit rather than by the, oh, 
Look at her. She's got a nice dress on today. And we're looking at the inner heart for those things when we're walking by the Spirit. This, this verse brings conviction. And, and this, again, these are all things that are pointed out in different translations and different meanings, and right above or right below it, if you read it in context. Conviction. Am I walking by faith? Or am I walking by Dan? Walking by Dan is stupid. You can follow me as I follow Christ, absolutely. But that's because I'm not walking by Dan when you see that. It's because I'm walking by the Spirit of God. And there is a higher plane that most of us have seen but have not really lived there. And by the way, I'll say it now, a little ahead of myself, my notes, so, so what? But many times we see the word live, live by faith, and, and some verses have the word lived or a variation of it several times we're talking about this. And that word, a lot of you are familiar with Zoe, is a God kind of love, a life. It's a life God gives as opposed to uh, the other kinds of life that are there like suke, which is your mental abilities or your soulish part. Uh, no suke today, God, no suke today. <laughs> I used to sing that a little bit. Yes, mostly in my prayer closet and walking around the house or whatever. But it's good. I don't want suke today. I want the Spirit of God. I don't want to hear from me today. I want to hear from God today. And there is a, this word life, it's not zoe, but it's real closely connected. It's called zoo in the Greek, zoo. And that is the life of God, the God kind of life. In other words, when this guy dies to himself, the resurrection power of Jesus Christ comes alive and makes manifestation. But it's not just some uh, Pentecostal charismatic feeling. The, the feeling will come. Baptist and Methodist and Episcopal, well, at least the Baptists have feelings. I'm not sure, about. I better be careful. Yes, Methodists and Presbyterians have feelings too. Okay. It's not just a feeling. It's the reality of walking in the Spirit. Man's relationship with God is part of this. We walk by faith. We live by faith. We walk by faith. We drive by faith. I wish some people would pick that one up. Drive by faith. They used to walk a lot. We don't walk as much as we drive, so you have to drive by faith. This make it a little more contemporary. You get it? Okay. Justified by faith, not the law. The law brings us to Christ. It shows us that sin is sin, but we actually live above the law. We, he looks at our heart, not our behavior so much. And I really love some things that the Amplified brings out in this verse. Holy faith is brought out. And here's a word that I just love that Amplified uses, conjoined. We are conjoined to the Spirit of God. Oh, nobody's getting that one. We are conjoined. You know what conjoined twins are? 
Remember the, the, the two girls? They're still alive. They're, I think, close to 40 now. That um, their, um, their upper body is all separate. It's different. And their lower body is all one. In other words, the, the stomach intestines is all one body, but above that they've got two hearts and four lungs and, you know, two heads and everything else. That's close together. Your sister lives that close to you. <laughs> it's like, oh, hi. <laughs> you know, not making fun of anybody. I think it's a wonderful thing, the things that they've done and the abilities that they've uh, started to stay stuck together. That would be wrong. See, I share my mistakes. That they've been there and gone through this. And, you know, they ride a bicycle and they learn how to drive a car. And one of them controls the left leg and left arm. The other one controls the right leg and right arm. Wouldn't that be cool if we did that with Jesus? Conjoined. Conjoined. One together. The two shall be one. As in marriage, this is different, but it's similar. Because he that's joined to the Lord is one spirit. So we have a community within our church of togetherness. And Jesus is in me and I'm in him. You're in Jesus and he's in you. You're in the Father, the Father's in you. You're in the Spirit, the Spirit's in you. So we're conjoined by God. You can't get a better deal than that. Glory to God. The just shall live by faith. Faith, my faith comes out of my mouth. Whosoever shall speak to this mountain, to be cast into the sea shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe whatever he says, that shall he have. And we've used that to get stuff. That's okay. I'm not going to you know, get on my high horse against that because it works. But we've got... We've put our faith in things that are too low. There are higher things that we can put our faith in, and that's the things of God, the, to, to worship the Father in spirit and in truth, to know each other. This, and I was serious when I said what I did a while ago. Kelly, Carol, Dan, all the three of us had a very similar thing from God. It, it was just... We didn't talk about that. We didn't have a plan going in. I don't think y'all did, did you? I know I didn't have one with either one of you. And I'm sitting there listening to Carol and going, you know, after Kelly came up, I thought, Kelly, you know, was right on. And then there's another one. Three out of three. That's pretty good. I'm not smart enough to make that happen in the natural. Consider conjoined with Galatians 2.20. It is no longer I that live, that he lives in me, the life that I live by the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Okay, so does it make any difference if it's in him or by him or for him or, or whatever? When we realize Christ in us, and he's there 24-7, and sometimes we recognize it 5 or 10 or 15 or 20 minutes a day, maybe an hour. How about walking by faith? How about breathing by faith? How about everything we do by faith? And you say, well, Brother Dan, that's being too spiritually minded. No, it's not. It's going to put you at a higher level than what your head is going to put you. And 
Jesus is not just going to totally 100% live through me, but he's going to live through me with me. Habakkuk, excuse me, Uncle Habby, the righteous will live by their faithfulness. And that's an NIV, and it footnotes faith. Told you I was getting a little ahead of myself a while ago. Here, Habby's making a list of complaints to the Lord in chapter 1 concerning evil people. And then he comes to chapter 2, he goes, write down the revelation. A lot of times we've coded it as vision, which is fine. You see it, but you're seeing it in the spirit. You don't have vision on the wall. Well, you can put it on the wall or some of it, but you can't put the whole thing there. You can't put anybody's heart on the wall, okay? You can't put the life of the vision on the wall. You can write it down so you remember what it is, but you have to meditate on the Word to get the revelation of the Word. I'm going to get started here in a minute. You've got to meditate on the Word to get the vision of the Word, to get the revelation of the Word, to get the substance of the Word, to get the goody in it. Write the revelation, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it and it can be carried to somebody else, be taken to somebody else. God's revelation, he, the, the Word of God is no private revelation. It's given to us so we all can read the same book rather than all these different books out there, you know? And so we don't have to change anything like some people claim, which they don't know anything about Scriptures and the process it took to go through them just because other religions change their book every few weeks or months or years, whichever it might be, which they do, most of them do. Islam has, which Jehovah's Witnesses have, without, by the hundreds. I mean, that, that's just totally different than the Bible. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Folks, we've got an appointed time in America. The church in America is coming to life. It's still there in the valley of bones right now. And the life of Jesus Christ needs to be brought up through it. And that, that will up, st be standing up. The manifestation is standing up of a great and exceeding army. I preached that message some months ago if you want to pick it up. Dry bones. And Ezekiel, he's one of those prophets that had four stars on his sh shoulders. Some of you get that. Four-star general. Okay. The Greek word pistos carries the flavor of other English words which further help our understanding of looking with a magnifying glass at what the Holy Spirit has in mind. And when you get tired of using your magnifying glass looking into the Lord, and I'm talking, I'm talking about looking into the Word closer, then you start using a microscope. We want to get everything out of there that the Holy Spirit let us dig into. And sometimes there's a whole bunch, and then we don't get anything else for a few days, and then we, just like these verses we're memorizing, don't just say them. Live them. Own them. Practice them. Let that be a part of your life, whether it be prayer life or evangelistic life or whatever it is, something you need for yourself today, your family needs. 
Galatians 3.11. Clearly no one is justified before God by the law because the righteous will live by faith. The law is not based on faith. On the contrary, it says whoever does these things will live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. It is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole. There's some talk about Jesus didn't die on a cross. He died on a tree. Just don't worry about it. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Jesus Christ so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. And this is a verse that's talking about life quite a few times. God wants us to have everything He's put in order from Genesis 1, 1 on. Okay? There are things that have dropped off because they've been superseded or put to rest. But there are things like the faith of Abraham. He is still our father of faith. The Abraham covenant is still in full force. Now, there's a greater covenant. There's been several of them after that one, of course. But it's still for us today. It's the, 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 the covenant with Noah, the rainbow. See a rainbow? That means the earth is not going to be flooded again. Still in effect. You know, so there are, there are things that we need to realize that God is an ongoing God. And we'll talk more about that next week. 2 Timothy 2.8. I love this. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. But this is my gospel. You want the gospel in writing? Here it is. Verse 9, for which I am suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal. Are you willing to be chained like a criminal for the gospel's sake? Don't answer me. Just answer yourself. Or you want to be like when the golden idol came up before Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, be one of these Christians that would bow down and worship the idol, but not in your heart, and then get up and repent. Are you want to be thrown in the fiery furnace? God is able to move you out. Sometimes I just throw these extra deals in, 25 cents a piece, you know. But God's word is not chained. I love that. There's no limit to what God's Word can do in you, in your life, in the life of your family, the life of your loved ones, the life of this church. The Word of God is not changed. Excuse me, chained. Take the G out. Therefore, verse 10, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Jesus Christ with eternal glory. Verse 11, here is a trustworthy saying. When the Bible says it's a trustworthy saying, it's a trustworthy saying. If we died with him, 
we shall also live with him. If we endure, he will also, we will also reign with him. In other words, hold on. Don't become a progressive Christian like people are doing all over this country this year and throwing away everything they thought they ever knew about Jesus. Because they, they weren't in him. They were with him, they thought, and they were around him, and they thought they knew the Bible by their mental abilities, but they weren't living with Jesus. Pray for those people that they repent with the repentance they won't be repented of. If we endure him, again, verse 12, if we endure him, we also reign with him. If we disown him, he will also disown us. If you want to get out, you can get out. You want to. He won't kick you out, but you can believe him out. In other words, you get saved by faith, you can ask Jesus to leave by faith. If you really mean it, he'll let you out. He's not going to kick you out because you went and did something stupid. If he did that, every one of us would be somewhere else today. Even Pastor Kelly. <laughs> Verse 13. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. <sighs> Even when I mess up, he's still there for me. 100%. Not 99 not 90, not, well, if you get through this, and we'll see about it tomorrow. <laughs> Say like well, your parents. <laughs> well, we'll see about this tomorrow. <laughs> they still love you. They're just making sure that you learn something from that experience. For he cannot disown himself. He is what? Faithful and true, it says in Revelation. So he can't be anything other than faithful and true. I mean, he can be, let me rephrase that. He cannot not be faithful and true. You know, that will not leave him that ability because it's part of his substance. He's faithful no matter what, no matter how long, how many years, how many millennial or anything else. Jesus is always faithful, always faithful, full of faith, always. Let's talk for a few minutes about the scribes, Pharisees, Sadducees, and don't you sees, and the religions that are around us today. We need to make sure that we're not making our own religion. Some people have got so wrapped up in word of faith that they've made their own religion out of it. We need freedom in every perspective to stay with Jesus, in Jesus. This is not about what I can prophesy or what I can believe God for to do just in my life. There's something better. And I found out that that walk is available to anybody who wants it. The law, religion, shows you you need Jesus. Otherwise, it's saying that when we get into works, what's that saying? Jesus plus anything is nothing. Jesus plus nothing is everything. That's good. 
there's one particular denomination that believes you're saved by grace through faith, but you got to keep the Ten Commandments. That's something plus. And they practice the keeping of the Sabbath and all these other things. And that's part of their... There's nothing wrong with meeting on the Sabbath. There's nothing wrong with practicing. But if that's what your belief is and your salvation, then you're barking up the wrong tree. Because anything added to Jesus Christ, it's faith in Him alone. It's all grace. It's all faith. It's grace only, faith only. There's no other way except through Him, by grace, through faith in Him, trusting Him. Make no bones about it. We at Church of Tomorrow believe in Jesus, not how smart we are, how good-looking we are, how much money we have or don't have, what kind of car we drive or don't drive, or how many times we've read the Bible or not. That has nothing to do with it. So is it my faith or His faith? Huh? You know what gets you to thinking on this? Jesus said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. And so many times, religion puts a yoke on you that you cannot bear, and eventually it will turn into that. So if you've got something you can't bear, you need to look in the mirror and check yourself out if you're in religion. My yoke is easy, he said. My burden is light. We should have an easy yoke. We're not perfect. We're going to have times we're going to go, that. Okay, we'll repent and get on with it. What am I trying to say this morning? Oh, Jesus, help me. I'm just saying that this ought to be the love and the joy and the peace, the long-suffering, the gentleness, the goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance against such. There is no law. We ought to be walking in the fruit of the Spirit. And when we're all walking in the fruit of the Spirit, we're going to have more manifestations of the Spirit. Why would Jesus want to do certain special things to get attention for himself by somebody that just all the time? It's not because we're going to be better. It's because we're going to be closer to him. I can't make myself like Jesus wants me to be. I have to get close to Him. I have to be conjoined to Him by the Spirit. That changes me. When He walks into the room, everything changes. Oh my goodness, yes it does. And when you're with Jesus, you know there's something coming out of you, off you, from around you. You're going to be different. We talk about believing God for this or that. How about the wonderful thing God does for us that we've never asked him to do? How about the times when he provided for you and you didn't ask him? How about the times that he kept your refrigerator running, although it was old and you thought it was going to fall apart 10 years ago, and he kept it running for you? How about the time that somebody should have been in a car wreck and didn't get in a wreck or got in a wreck, and all it did was maybe mess the car up some. Anybody know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Praise God. I even got saved from two wrecks that could have killed me and anybody with me before I got saved. And I know it was the hand of God. Men, 
God does a lot of things for us. We don't even recognize it as Him. We don't even thank Him for it. We just think it's, oh, yeah. God is in us. He's looking at us. He's helping us. He's, he's trying to do things to help save, protect, and give us the fullness of life, praise God. What about all the things that have just happened? Being faithful and obedient to his word will take you to another level, though. See, we don't talk about obedience much. Well, I live by grace, brother. No, you don't. You live by mercy. You're just, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. Let's repent, confess the things that we've done wrong. If I confess my sins, he is what? Faithful and just to forgive my sins and clean me up from all unrighteousness. So I get back on the road. See, Jesus has this 16-lane road built for us. A few other cars on it here and there. A lot of space in between. And what do we do? We go out here in the country and we start trying to dig a trench for us to walk on and ride on. Let's get on the road that Jesus built. It's there waiting for us. It's smooth. It's not some... Uh, well, first you've got to have a foundation for that road, Dan. Oh, no wonder that thing goes like that. You've got to get a, a road prepared. takes a lot of stuff, but guess what? The road's already been paved for you. It's been made. It's been paved. Now, I'm not saying the road to eternal life is wide, but I'm saying the road is wide, and it's there for you if you'll get on it. That's a different thing that the Bible's talking about there. You start trying to build your own road, you're going to end up in, well, it won't be the ditch, it'll just be the field. Be like Pastor Randy some years ago. He's working real hard, a few hours building the lower campus down here, and he drove home, except he meant to drive home, woke up the next morning in the field. The engine's still running. <laughs> it's been there several hours. No dents, scratches, or bumps. <laughs> but he needed to rest a little bit. He got it. Galatians, this is out of the uh, Kingdom New Testament. Galatians 2, and he has the verses a little different, 19b. I have been crucified with the Messiah. I am, however, alive, but it isn't me any longer. It's the Messiah who lives in me. And the life... I do still live in the flesh. I live within the faithfulness of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I live within his faithfulness. Thank you, Brad. You see, he's already got it worked out for us. My faith or his? It makes no difference. Whatever. Why? Because we're conjoined. Because he lives in me, we're conjoined. Think about all the people in the Bible this agrees with. You know, I don't care if it's Moses or Noah or Abraham, didn't, how many of them moved 
to be able to live the life they wanted to live or needed to live or it was best for them to live where God wanted them. See, we have to make some moves in our life sometimes. That doesn't necessarily mean ge- uh, by geography. It means right here. We need to move some things out, clean the temple out, and let some good things move in. Let the fullness of the Spirit move in. Praise God. David was a man after God's own heart. People always want to talk about David's sins. I don't see your name in the Bible saying he was a man after God's own heart. He was quick to repent for one thing. And we need to be quick to repent. There's not a perfect person in this room. If you were perfect, you wouldn't need Jesus. I could almost laugh when I'm not a perfect person in this room. (laughs) You know that that's the truth. But just think about it. Think about all the people that had to make a move, that had to make a change, that had to put themselves, had to get under the spout where the glory comes out. (laughs) That's an old one, isn't it? (laughs) They had to be in a place to reposition themselves, to be right. God puts every person in the church as it pleases Him. Okay, God was a man after David's own heart. What does that mean? It means he sought God with every fiber of his being. He was seeking God, seeking God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given unto you. Do you know that things can come naturally without you begging and scraping for them? I'm not putting anybody down because you've had some issues. I've had issues too. I've had some issues with you know, trials and things. But Jesus is always faithful. Now, there's some things we need to do. Yeah, we walk by faith. And part of that is walking in obedience. Don't expect a lot of financial blessings unless you're tithing. I'm just being honest with you. You know? It's part of the system that God established. He said he'd even rebuke the devourer for you. Yes. Hebrews 11 says, everyone who comes to God must believe that he is. And he's a rewarder of those who seek him diligently. Got got to believe that God's God? Boy, that's a tough one, isn't it? And that he is a rewarder of those who put a lot of money in the offering bucket. Those who read the Bible all the time, all day long. You don't believe in my theology here? Those who diligently seek Him and diligently to God, it's okay to take your complaints to Him, but don't stay there. God, do you know what they did to me? God, do you know I don't have any money in my pocket? God, do you know that? Yeah, He knows it all. He knows how many hairs are in your head. My gosh, give Him a break. Diligently seek Him. Him. It's with your heart. Now, knowledge comes, yes, and God gives us our brains to use. And believe it or not, everybody in America just about has a brain. They just don't act like it. 
But the truth of the matter is, we've got to seek him with every fiber of our being. All of my mind, all of my strength, all of my, everything I've got, I want to point to seek him. And what does that mean? It means whatever it means to you, whatever God's got you on. To, to some people, it means digging in the Word and digging in the Word and digging the Word. Other people, it means praying, praying, praying. Other people, it means slapping somebody on the back and saying, I'm glad to see you in Jesus' name. Whatever it is, seek Him. There's a supernatural walk that should be natural for us, meaning that we are naturally walking supernaturally. It's, it's part of our substance, part of our being, part of our life that this is it's engrafted in me, so I just do it. And, and it, it, it's, it's not something I can make up. It's something that God has already thought up, and all I need to do is jump in the pool and have fun with him. Another way of saying it, it's common for us to walk in the supernatural lane of life. It's just like this church. Start a church? I had no idea that at this time of my life, God wanted me to start a church. I didn't know. If somebody would told me that, I said, you goofball. <laughs> and it's one of the most fun adventures I've ever had. Not to mean there's not work and there's not praying and there's not reading the Word and some things that you know, may not want to do that day or something, but I love it. I love it. Just like I love you. That's what I'm supposed to do, by the way. Pastors should love their sheep. <laughs> Wrap it up here in just a minute. Is obedience the best thing for a child to do? Those of you that have been parents or maybe you've had a niece or nephew or you were a child once in your life. It, isn't obedience good? Well, if you've got a parent that loves you, yeah, you know it's good not to get the backside involved. Well, God's a father. It's good for us to obey. He chastens us not with the backside, but with his word by his spirit. Don't we teach children it's best for them to walk out what's planned for them rather than be a re rebel? Four-year-old goes, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, you're going to do it one way or the other, dude. <laughs> Faithful is walking fully in faith. Faithful equals continued obedience. Is obedience something you strain for, or is it your natural walk? Oh, I don't want to do that, but God's going to make me, and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to. No, just, I'm seeking God. It's something, yay, I get to do this. I get to help the lady next door build that fence. Or I get to go down there and help the people at the homeless shelter. Or I get to come to church and be a, a greeter at the door. All kinds of things. <laughs> I got some of you on that one. In Christianity, what do we do? We die and live. And the emphasis is on the living, not the dying. We die to ourselves, and then we live unto him. 
So we got to put this old man in the grave, and then we got to jump up and live after him. By the way, baptism is a sign of that. You need to be baptized. We're going to do one pretty soon, so you need to check with Brad or Pastor Kelly one, and we'll dunk you in the water in a public confession. Repent and believe the gospel. Jesus is in you. Amen. His grace is sufficient. Romans 8, 19, this is my closing verse. The creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. Well, Brother Dan, that's when we get to heaven and everything's going to be hunky-dory. How about practicing a little bit? How about starting it now? How about not going to heaven and have to go through kindergarten to get to heaven to learn the basic things? How about practicing what we can practice now? How about seeing, seeking God and saying, Lord, what do you have for me today? Lord, what is there that you want to change about me today? Ooh, that's a dangerous one there. You got the guts to ask him? You're going to get an answer. You better know it. Maybe it's time we just start walking it. Walking in the fullness that he has for us. And that fullness will always grow. It'll always be more tomorrow than it is today. But folks, we need to stir up ourselves. We need to stir ourselves up to realize God has more for me than what I've known. God has more for me than what I think. God has more for me than what I can imagine. God has more than I can think or imagine. According to the spirit that lives in me. Holy Spirit wants you in communion He wants you completely related to Him because He loves you and it's the best thing that you can possibly experience. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank You so much for today. We ask You, Lord, to wake us, to shake us, to show us that You're not done with us by any means. We've just begun. And that You have so much more. And as we seek you daily, we seek you, God, we know that the sons of God shall be those who walk by the Spirit of God. We want to walk by your Spirit. We don't want to just have a a little time here or there. But Holy Spirit, we want you and a recognition of you, and we want to give you the thanksgiving that you're willing to do these things with us. May you be glorified. (coughs) May Jesus be shown to the earth. May people know there's an anointing to be received. There's an anointing that will break the bondages in their lives. There's an anointing that will draw them to you. There's an anointing that will pick them up and that their yoke can be easy in their burden light. 
God, I pray for each person here, each person on the sound of this message that's going out. I pray in Jesus' name for a newness of life, a quickening of our mortal abilities that we will see the next step that you have for us and make it a big one, Lord God. You're the answer to everything that we lack, and that's a lot of stuff. A lot of ideas, a lot of thoughts, a lot of places, a lot of, a lot of future. But that's good. That's the way you've planned it. We thank you, Lord, we're just not sitting back and, and, and just watching things go on. We're active participants in the kingdom of God. May the glory of God rest on each person here on our church. May the glory of God come back to America. May the glory of God usher in the soon coming Lord on time. In the name of Jesus. And everyone said... Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Somebody give him a hand clap. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's thank the Lord again for the power of that word today. Amen. Thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Help us, Lord, to always be thankful people, that we just don't take your word for granted, but that we actually take it, embrace it. Hallelujah. It becomes real to who we are. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Proverbs eleven twenty four through 25 says, One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds what is right, only to become poor. Um, when we are giving, remember the reciprocity of God and His kingdom. You never can outgive God, no matter what you, what you do. Okay? And so just remember, it's not... Money is the root of all evil. It's the love of it. Okay? And, and you can know whether you love money or not by how much you hold on to it. <laughs> and so um, one of the main ways that, that the church is able to accomplish and do what it does is through the finances of the people. And so I encourage you to be a giver. Because in your giving, okay, you'll become even... Uh, God will give you even more. Amen. Be faithful. Look at your neighbor and say, be faithful. Hallelujah. I want to bring attention to the fact that we do give in several ways. One of them, of course, is texting. The other one is through online. And then we, of course, have the, the cards there in the back that you can fill out the envelope and put in your uh, offerings or tithes in that way as well. Uh, and then also I want to uh, make aware that starting today, let everyone look at someone and say, today. Today we're going to start our uh, Church of Tomorrow library. Oh, there should be some hand claps, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We haven't been around for too long, Church of Tomorrow, but we are increasing and we are uh, uh, providing, okay, as the Lord gives, we're releasing, and so there is, we have a small library that has started there in the back, so if you'd like to check out a book, connect with Brad there in the back, okay, and uh, he would be glad to connect with you and, and see what uh, can be taking place on that. Wednesday, everyone say this Wednesday, okay, is week two of I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist, this week's uh, title is Does God Exist?, Hmm, ah, that's a good question. Have you ever uh, considered, uh, could you really answer that question if someone were to ask that? 
because uh, I've even been around a few kids even this week. I do a day camp, and uh, the kids are anywhere from five years old up to 12, and we now have in our nation kids who know nothing about God. Nothing. And I'm starting from ground zero this week. So it's a Christian day camp. And in my devotion, I can actually share, okay, things of God. And I say, who is God? Where is he? Okay. And does he know everything? I actually had a kid who didn't think that God even knew everything. And that scientists knew everything. That that would make God all excited because he didn't know that. That was a seven-year-old. You might laugh, but there's a part of you that should might going, oh my gosh, we have work to do. Hallelujah. And so this, this uh, book right here can help stir you to help you uh, at least to give some kind of a, an answer that is solid and biblical and, and foundational. Amen? Hallelujah. 6.45 for snacks and then 7 o'clock the class begins. Hallelujah. Uh, I want to also uh, remind you these scripture cards, okay? God, God's word said according to last week, what did it say? Does anyone remember? It says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. And this is where a song used to come in. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Yes, they are mighty. Yes, they are mighty. And I love that song. That's how I learned the word so much, was through singing. Okay? But the last part says, for though... For uh, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. Hallelujah. And the new ones are located right there at the end of the counter there. Get one on the way out. By the, time, by, by the way, just get also those little uh, 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 business-sized cards that we have, Church of the Tomorrow on it, or the larger ones. And think 200. Or as, as uh, someone wrote down this week, 100 plus 100. <laughs> Challenging your, your math skills just a little bit, okay? So remember, think 200, okay? We're excited about what God is doing here, and we would like to, to uh, release that to others. Amen? Hallelujah. Stand, please, this morning. Hallelujah. Now... I wanted to share that there are some birthdays that happen in the month of June, okay? If you have a birthday in the month of June, and I could call your names out pretty quickly, but let's see if you can just come, out, come on up here for just a couple moments. If you have a June birthday, come on up, okay? Just come on up, okay? <laughs> <laughs> we have Bernard's. Uh, he's. Uh, I'm not going to tell him how. Tell everyone how old he is. But his was on the eighth. Is that correct? Okay. And, and then we also have Celeste, and hers is coming up this what Friday. Oh, she can hardly wait. Okay. She was saying, you know, I do have a birthday on Friday. <laughs> and I think mom is almost excited and grandma, I mean, grandma is almost excited and, and uh, the whole family is like, yes, it's this week. Okay. Yeah. Well, can you remember being a teenager and that was just kind of an important time for you? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. And then uh, we also have two others that are not with us today, Jimmy Howell and then Tony Kohler. Okay. And both of them are in, uh, have birthdays in this month. Let's uh, give them a wonderful uh, round of applause. And then uh, we will sing happy birthday to you. Okay. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Bernard and Celeste. Happy birthday to you. Okay. All right. Amen. Wish them happy birthday. Take them out for lunch or do something. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands and give glory to God as we dismiss this morning. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, for this whole worship experience that it flowed, Father, in the river of God. And we just thank you and praise you. We can't wait to dive in. Well, Father, let's backtrack. Father, we just want to stay in that river and flow through the rest of this week, releasing your fullness and releasing all that you have, Father, for us. We bless you and thank you, knowing that there's more. Hallelujah. We honor you in Jesus' mighty name. May we, Father, hallelujah, be men and women, carriers of your presence, ministers of reconciliation. Hallelujah. And able, Lord, to bring others into your kingdom for such a time as this. In Jesus' holy name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. If you need prayer, we're up here to pray with you. Otherwise, be dismissed. Hallelujah. Love on your people, the body of Christ.